We've got a busy week of home basketball in the nest. Jordan Griffith, Mateen Rad, and me, Nolan Alexander, will break it down for you. Coming up on Inside the Nest. J.G. Jordan Griffith, Mateen Rad, who uh, let everyone know about his dance moves during the Jacksonville game on Monday. So he's a new celebrity. We were thankfully able to fit inside the nest in his schedule between dancing appearances. So uh, Mateen, has Dancing with the Stars already reached out to you for next season? Uh, they're starting a new series, actually. It's Dancing with the D-list celebrities. And I'm the first one signed up. Uh, I think they've got Vanilla Ice on the docket as well. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm excited to to pair up with someone and expand my skill set. So we'll see how it goes. So you are the D-list celebrity is what you're saying? I think I, I'm more of a Z-list celebrity, you know, <laughs> for more ways than one. But, uh, you know, if other people put you in a league above, I think you got to go ahead and take that. Hey, if you could dance with a celebrity, who would you pick? That's a tough one. I think you've got to look at it one way. Is if it goes like celebrity crush way, like ballroom dancing kind of way, ScarJo, dude, Scarlett Johansson. That's since I was a kid, bro. Besides that, I think it would be fun to do like a like a a celebrity dance off with Jack Black, me versus Jack Black, because that's my like comedic hero. That's a good one. I would pay to see that because you guys both have like this, this like this torque that you that you dance with. You guys are just tossing. Uh, I, I would like that. that. That'd be a good one. Never thought the first time we used torque on Inside the Nest, it would be talking about Mateen and Jack Black's dance moves. But you, you know, what I'm talking about. They just, I don't yes. know, I don't know what it yep. is, but it just torque is the word for that. It just, it, mm -hmm. it is, it is. I agree. Well, there's a lot of torque in Kennesaw State's victory over Jacksonville on Monday. Let's go ahead and start out with the men. We're going to transition into the women because our OWL student-athlete spotlight features from the women's basketball team this week, so that'll provide a nice segue for us. The men are coming off that win against JU. They are at home for a doubleheader, men and women, this Thursday against Jacksonville State. We're going to break that down. They're also both at home this Saturday against North Alabama for Alumni Weekend, ksuals.com slash tickets. The men will also be celebrating Tony Inglenight with the late great head coach for KSU men's basketball. And then on Monday, so this will happen before our next Inside the Nest recording, the men also host Liberty. So in the midst of a slew of COVID makeups, the women have two huge games in the middle with the doubleheaders against Jacksonville State and UNA. Again, we'll break that down here at Inside the Nest. But starting out with the men, victory over JU. And what stood out to me is you, this is another game where you can take this game and you can compare it to last year and how this team has developed and grown where a very similar game against JU, Dolphins got out to a big run. Kennesaw State came back. KSU had the lead for most of the game. This time, instead of relinquishing the lead, JU got it to three, never got it closer. Terrell Burden gave everything he had. Watching the camera views 
which Jordan production. Great job, my friend. Y'all had some great views of Terrell, his face grimacing. You could tell he emptied the tank. He gave everything he could. He came up clutch at the end and Kennesaw State won the ball game at the end, was the better team over the final two minutes. That's what stood out to me. What did you guys make of the win Monday against the Dolphins? I Like you, I took so much away from this game. And talking about Terrell Burden, something that we have seen this year that we didn't see as as much of last year was Terrell Burden taking over late in the games. Usually he would defer to guys like CY, to guys like Spencer Rogers. But now he's pushing the pace. He's he's slashing through the lane and he, he's drawing contact. He's having positive plays. But something that, that has kind of stood out to me is these last two games, uh, the excuse me, the last two close games that they've played and won. UNF, they won by two points on the road, and then they beat Jacksonville. And post-game, Coach Amir Abdurrahim said, I mean, he took the words out of my mouth. This team loses that game last year. They did lose that, the exact same type of game last year. And then you see Kev- Kevion Nolan foul out late in the game. He kind of wipes some sweat off your forehead, say, okay, well, at least we're not going to have to deal with that guy again. They are able to close out these close games within the conference. That is so big. It's hard to really put into words because this might sound stupid. It's almost easier to blow a team out than it is to win these kind of close games consistently. And Kennesaw State, they've been able to do that twice now. Again, last year, heck, I mean, maybe even in the non-conference schedule this year, They wouldn't have been able to do that. You see the growth by this team. They're able to win these close games. And I don't think this is this is a trend that's going to stop. I I think this is something that's going to continue throughout the entire A-Sun conference season in in Jacksonville. Man, There are no slouches. I think what stood out for me was how much we took care of the ball. I mean, we averaged 13.3 turnovers per game. We only had four against Jacksonville, which is a tremendous number. Um, also, what stood out for me is a guy who I've been a huge fan of. Anyone who's talked to me about Kennesaw State men's basketball has heard me talk about DeMond Robinson because he added a dimension to our team that I don't think was there before. A lot of people will bring up you know, Alex Peterson, and Alex Peterson I think is a little bit more dynamic in what he brings. In terms of just being a straight-up force in the paint, DeMond Robinson was bringing it all, and I think – Either his first or second shot was from beyond the arc, and we all stood up from our seat and put up the tray because we were pumped. First career three-pointer for DeMond going back over to Murray State, and that, uh, you said that was like his second shot, and that broke the scoreless drought for KSU. It was 7 nothing Jacksonville after the first media timeout. Then the Owls came back with the Robinson and the Rodgers three-pointers to bring KSU back to the ball game. And really, Kennesaw State was a different team after that first media timeout. I want to elaborate more on Robinson. How impressive is his ability to score in a variety of ways? And it's not just the hook shot, right? He, he, he can fade. He's got a nice jumper from around the elbow. He gets some space. He's not afraid to take it. And as you just said, Bettine, that he's lined up straight away, showed off, hey, he's got some range too now. You know, I think he's someone that you see in practice what he brings, and that's why I was so excited to see him pay off throughout the season and what he's done. He's someone who is so... 
you can't even comprehend how strong this man is. I mean, he is the type type of person that, you know, it makes me want to go get in the gym just so I can get some of that pump that he's got. But, you know, he put more of his game into the scoring last night. You know, only one rebound, only one assist on the night, but zero turnovers, seven for nine from the field, one for one from three, as we talked about. I mean, this was his most important game of the season because those were valuable points that we needed to make sure that we beat the Dolphins. Yeah, I hear Demon Robinson is so strong that he doesn't do push-ups, he does earth downs. But something <laughs> that's an, that old, that's an <laughs> yeah, old Chuck Norris joke. Isn't yeah, that's it? exactly, that's an old Chuck Norris joke. But going back to Demon on a serious note, the thing that he's added so much is the face-up game. We, we know about Alex Peterson, we know about the relentless motor that he has. We know about Nate Springs able to stretch the floor, but Demon Robinson is a threat in the post and not just backing someone down. Again, he can face up. He can maybe even hit a step back. I mean, he's going to hit it right in someone's face about 15 to 16 feet out. And to have that option that we didn't necessarily have so much last year, again, it adds so much to the offensive repertoire that they have along with Terrell Burden and then adding on top of the three-point shooting of a CY and Spencer Rogers. Hey, he wanted to show out last night. Artis Gilmore sitting sideline. Awesome to have him in the building, color analyst for JU. Just awesome. I mean, one of the best bigs of all time, one of the best defensive bigs of all time. Demond Robinson showed out. Well, I mean, a big man and a big game. Terrence and I discussed this in the broadcast Monday when – Coach Amir Abdurrahim, you know, posed to the team, which Al Network did a great job capturing at practice of, are you going to be a consistent team or a hot team? One thing that's appearing more consistent that out of the five A-Sun games, right? I think, I think Lipscomb, it may not have been there with Asadula, but going to FGCU, Tavion Dunmartin, like we, we talked a lot about him and Kevin Samuel before the first A-Sun game. You got Stetson limited to three field goals in the second half. Rob Perry, not much of a factor there. UNF kind of spread out the scoring, but Kevion Nolan, dude, went off last year, 55 points, I believe, in, in the weekend games against Kennesaw State, 12 points. A lot of those were late at the free throw line. Is this becoming something consistent with KSU of the ability to take away a team's top score and really change what their outcome's going to be and how they go about their business taking away their strength and altering what they do. Is this something that y'all think is becoming consistent and this is going to be a point of pride for KSU for the rest of the year? No, I think it has a lot to do with their perimeter defense. And a lot of it has to do with a lot of these guys that you're mentioning, the like the Tavion Dunn-Martins, the Kevion Nolans of the world, their strength is in their three-point shooting. And you look at Kevion Nolan limited to two from seven from the three-point line. The Owls, I got a great look at them just from the first row in that game against Jacksonville. And their willingness to do everything to defend the perimeter, their communication to make sure that guys are covering every position on the wing. These are the things that make a great perimeter defense. And these are the things that are limiting other teams from getting crucial points. Adding on to what you said, Mateen, I think... Something that I've seen so much this year, and not only neutralizing those guys that you mentioned, the I mean, the studs of the A-Sun, they make everything, everything uncomfortable. 
I'm uncomfortable watching them play if I'm the other team. And I'm a fan of the other team. Everything you have to work for, everything's difficult. You're not going to get very many clean looks. And if you do, it's, it's you know, very far and few between. And if you are going to try and fight for these looks, they're going to hit you in the mouth. They're going to hit you hard when you come to the rim. We saw some chippiness last night or Monday night, rather. This is a team that plays hard. And I like the coin, the, the term win or lose. This team will leave you bruised. And that's what they've been doing the entire conference play, the entire non-conference schedule. Everything's uncomfortable. And when you have a player like Kavion Nolan, who did what they, he did to Kennesaw State last year, Coach Amir Abdurrahim and this entire team remembers that because you have to think there's not very many newcomers on this team. This is a team that has returned a lot of minutes. They remember that, and they're saying, it's not going to happen twice. We've learned from our mistakes. This is not just growth from the from the players. It's also from the coaching staff, the entire team as a whole. It, it's good to see, once again, everything is uncomfortable for opposing teams. Dude, when are the T-shirts coming out? I don't, I don't know. You know, I could, you know. Well, what's the uh, NIL? They could make a lot of money off of that now. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be quite hey, the profit. Barkley said he was going to come out with Al Raid t-shirts. Never did. Right. What, what do you say? Win or lose, we're going to leave you bruised? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you can be the member of the Al Network that follows through with a promise of a great tagline here. Exactly. And, and you know what? I mean, it, it's more catchy than Al Raid. Al Raid's great. Al Raid's great. It fit it fit where it needed to be, but this has like kind of a, a rhyme to it. It's uh, you know, I, I it's could be a profitable profitable thing here. Maybe we can get it on uh, Matt Teen next time he's doing his celebrity dancing with the stars, <laughs> the D list. Gets some traction there. Hey, that's a big billboard, and that is a lot of marketing space that costs a lot of money, brother. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, guys, I want to transition into the doubleheaders this weekend, and let's continue with the men, and let's transition into the women and their matchups. So it starts on Thursday against Jacksonville State. The women begin at 5 o'clock. The men begin at 7.30. By the time you are listening to this, you're going to find out who the surprise guest is. You probably already know. If you don't know, go look on social media. If it's not out on social media net, keep your eyes on Twitter.com going to be coming out soon you're going to want to be in the building for a multitude of reasons but the top being this massive double header the men they'll tip off at 7 30 with gold rush free gold t-shirts for the first 1000 ksu students and then on saturday it's alumni weekend for women's and men's basketball against north alabama those games at the convocation center get underway at two o'clock and then at 5 30 okay y'all let's start with jacksonville state Start on the men's side. The Gamecocks beat Bellarmine Monday night. We had a lot of hype before the Liberty game. We got really excited about that one. Liberty undefeated, KSU undefeated. Going to step in here. The number one team in the West against the number two team in the East. Jacksonville State meeting up with Kennesaw State. We know in in football and some other sports, sort of a, a bit of a rivalry brewing. The two schools being close by. This is going to be a massive matchup in front of what I think we're hoping is a great crowd at the combo. Absolutely. And I know we all look at Liberty as the kings of the A-Sun, but Jacksonville State might want to snatch that crown right now. And Kennesaw State obviously is going to be in the running for that as well. But they have been outstanding in conference play, 6-0. and I mean, even going back to their non-conference schedule, they gave Wichita State 
a run for their money earlier in the season. They played number six ranked Alabama within six. They beat Little Rock by 20. And some fans might not be familiar with Little Rock, a very good basketball program. But they haven't blown out any conference opponents just yet. They beat Eastern Kentucky by 11. I think that was the largest conference win that they've had so far. A lot of very close games. And I kind of talked about Kennesaw State being able to win these close games. Jacksonville State, same thing applies to them. It's very difficult to do that consistently. Not saying it's going to revert to the mean by any mean, but either way, Jacksonville State, they're going to be ready to play against Kennesaw State. Once again, 6-0 and in conference play. This is not something that you see from teams that come into the conferences. They're going to be ready to play. Jacksonville State is a very dangerous opponent. And again, Liberty is going to have to look out for this team, whether it be in this season or whether it be in the conference tournament. You're absolutely right, Jordan. And we've talked a lot about whether it be FGCU or whether it be Stetson or some of these games that we've played recently about mitigating the big player. And for Jacksonville State, it is Darion Adams. I mean, he's one of the top scorers in the conference. He's one of the top playmakers in the conference. But who I want to zoom in on is a man by the name of Damari King. And the reason why I want to zoom in on him is because in terms of three-point field goal percentage, he's third in the nation with 49.2 and also has 60 total three-point field goals made. That puts him at 14th in the nation. We've talked about how the perimeter defense has been able to mitigate people spraying from beyond the arc. And they're going to have to do that again, whether it be this game, whether it be again on Monday against Darius McGee. It's been so strong and it's been a strength of their season, but it's just going to have to keep getting stronger. It's going to be a big one at the Convocation Center. Let's look ahead to the women's side. The women are in action for the first time since this past Saturday, suffering a road loss at Lipscomb. What are you all looking forward to in this matchup between the Gamecocks and the Owls on the women's side? Well, I think it's going to show what the strength of each division is because now that we have a, a crossover matchup, we're going to be able to see Jacksonville State against uh, a team that is – been struggling to really put the ball in the net the last couple of games. I think the Owls defense has put them in position to win games, but the ball really just hasn't been going in for them to try and close out these games. Jacksonville State is a very, very good team, really good defense, and they don't turn the ball over nearly at all. One of the four best teams in the nation at keeping the ball only allowing 11.3 turnovers per game. Yeah, something else that we're going to have to watch, and Mateen, this has kind of been a theme for Kennesaw State for the women's team throughout the entire season, is their ability to guard the three ball. And we've kind of seen this throughout the conference play as well. How many teams out there are hucking up? I mean, we're five, six games in the conference season. How many teams in the A-Sun have shot almost 400-plus threes? I, I feel like it's probably four or five. I mean, Lipscomb, they, they, they shoot the three ball. Stetson, of course, FGCU. I mean, they're the craziest statistical anomaly of all time. They're going to have to shut down the three ball. Four players average eight points or more on this Jacksonville State team, and they have to shut down Amari Martin. 32% from distance, 11 points per game. 
Once they can guard the three, everything can work off of that. Then they force the turnovers, Mateen. Then they start to push the pace a little bit, get out and running, start using the athleticism that we see from a player like Alexis Poole, Breland Snipes, as well as Imani Johnson. Push the pace, make this an up-and-down game, wear out Jacksonville State, welcome to the conference once again, and don't allow the long ball to go in. That That's the number one priority for Kennesaw State. I think they can do it. It's just Jacksonville State, they're a tough opponent, just like the men's side. It's going to be a good one. You're 100% right, Jordan. And what scares me a little bit about Jacksonville State is you talk about profiles of players, and they almost have every single big profile that you would want in a team. They have their star point guard in Nakia Thompson. They have a player who can rack up the boards like Kennedy Gavin. And they have somebody who, as you mentioned, is the the number two that can spray those three-point shots in Amari Martin. So the Owls have a lot to worry about in different areas all over the court. Don't want to spend too much time on it, but let's go back to that Lipscomb game from this past Saturday. Mateen, you wrote in the recap, three-pointers, the difference in the loss in that ball game, and, and we just discussed perimeter defense there. Uh, looking back at Lipscomb, is there anything specific more that stands out that you thought was going to be a bright spot that you think may really help Kennesaw State in the matchups this weekend? Well, I think what the bright spot is is Alexis Poole is starting to get really hot after she was coming off. Uh, some injury problems, missed a game or two. Um, she was six for nine from the field, stayed out of foul trouble, three boards, two steals. And again, we're seeing some more of this diversification of scoring from the team. Josh A. Whitfield with, three po- uh, with 11 points, rather. Jillian Piccolino remains a threat from beyond the arc and in scoring. Amani Johnson had six assists. I think the biggest thing that the Owls can hang their hat on from their that game, though, is two things. Number one, they had another hot start just like they had the game before. They came out on top after the end of that first quarter. And number two, if you look at field goals, Lipscomb and Kennesaw State both made the same amount. Lipscomb was 20 for 51. The Owls were 20 from 53. The problem is was the three-pointers, as you mentioned. Lipscomb scored nine. The Owls scored five. Going back to that game and kind of adding on to where you're saying, Mateen, the things that they also, I think, learned from that game, obviously you can't dig yourself such a hole as they did in the second quarter. They were outscored 28 to 13. Obviously that can't happen again. But also if you watch that, if you go back and watch that game, I'm not sure if they have yet or not, The late in the fourth quarter, Lipscomb was making a lot of shots that you'll live with. They were making a lot of shots that were contested, that were I, I'm never going to use the word lucky. That is not the right word, but were unorthodox, unorthodox looks, unorthodox makes that don't happen too often. Coach Blue, you, you shake your head on the sidelines sometimes because that's all you can really do. You can only play defense so much. Sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce your way. That didn't happen against Lipscomb. Again, dealing with all these shuffles going on the road, playing so many road games, both of these squads now at this point. This, this kind of stuff happens. You dig yourself that hole in the second quarter. They're never quite able to climb out of it, but this is a learning lesson. Uh, I think this is a lesson that they're going to learn and uh, be able to apply to a Jacksonville State team. Again, we'll see at the Convocation Center on Thursday for the women's and men's doubleheader against Jacksonville State and Saturday, Alumni Weekend 
for the women's and men's doubleheader against North Alabama and then the men at home Monday against Liberty, 7 p.m. Tickets, ksuowls.com slash tickets for all the games this weekend. Going to be a fun one in the convo. We're going to take a short break. Up next on Inside the Nest, it's our Owl student-athlete spotlight with Alexis Poole from KSU Women's Basketball. Today tastes like movie night. Okay, whose turn is it to choose? And everyone's favorite hit, pizza and Coke. Today tastes like front row seats for all. Like cushions and popcorn. And counting the seconds. Today tastes like a slice of the action. Like we belong here and now. And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. At Fifth Third Bank, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Just look at our name, Fifth Third. Five thirds equals 166.7%. So, according to the laws of mathematics, we are obligated to put 166.7% into everything we do. From our great customer service, to our security solutions, to providing you access to over 45,000 fee-free ATMs nationwide. This is banking a fifth third better. Learn more at 53.com. Fifth Third Bank, member FDIC. And we welcome Alexis Poole into Inside the Nest. Thank you so much for joining us here this week. We haven't been able to talk to you so far this semester. So my first question for you, obviously, after sitting out last season, now rejoining the Owls, what kind of went into that decision that you wanted to come back to Kennesaw State? Um, I knew I wanted to take my basketball career further than where I left it. Uh, so that was like my biggest motivation. And then I just missed you know, the team and playing basketball. So Now you've been back for a while. Maybe it was the first practice team meeting or game. What was the first moment that you were finally like, okay, I'm back. I want to say it was when we first like started having practices for real. And I think we had like, just was scrimmaging or something at one point. And I was just like, oh yeah. We're going to be straight. I like this. And, uh, yeah. And Alexis, coming back with a new coach, did it kind of feel like coming back to old times or do you feel like, man, there's something new happening with this program and there's something new happening in the Convocation Center? Definitely something new happening. Uh, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, what kind of guidance do you think Octavia Blue has given you, especially her having a great career as a post player herself? Oh, definitely. Well, for me specifically, uh, the post development, I think that was one of the main things that really drew me to her as a coach was that she can actually get the whole team like somewhere, you know? And being a post player and having some good post players under you learning the game as well, just like Octavia Blue has been leading you and teaching you, do you feel like you take on a role in teaching a player like Stacy Jones, who I feel like has a very similar profile to you? Most definitely. Uh, I think my number one goal is to be a leader for everyone, not just Stacy, but yeah. How do you feel like you fulfill that role? As far as just giving advice on and off the court, just being there anytime somebody can need me, 
uh, just trying to be there when I notice something in practice, in a game, stuff like that. Now, Alexis, something that I've noticed not only this year, but also your previous time at Kennesaw State is your ability to take the charge. It, it, there's an art to that. And obviously it's a big energizer, not only for you and the team on the court, but also the bench and the fans. What goes into that? Why are you so good at it? What goes into <laughs> part of the charge? Okay, funny story. When I was younger, when I first started playing basketball, I was probably like five, six up in there. And at this point, I was probably, actually, I probably made it to like third, fourth grade at this time. And I was playing basketball with my little rec team. And I wasn't really good. But one thing, I could always do was people could always knock me down and I just and my grandma used to laugh because I could like slide all the way across the floor back then I was really little uh so uh once I knew like it was a good thing that people could just knock me over I just kind of took it and ran with it Alexis you're within 50 points of capturing the Kennesaw State Division One record for scoring uh a few questions with that does that what does that mean to you, number one? Number two, do you feel like that is an accumulation of how much work you've put on the court? Uh, it definitely means a lot to me. Um, I, I could say I put in the work for it. Um, and now that I see it, I feel like it's such, it's right there within graphs. Like I have to have it, I want it. So I am gonna go for it, of course, to beat it, obviously. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. But uh, what was the second question? I forgot. Uh, you kind of answered it. Do you feel okay, like cool. it was accumulation of putting in the work and yeah. someone who's contributed a lot to that, those points this season, is someone that you've had a long-term partnership with, Monty Johnson. Mm -hmm. He was, I imagine, someone that you had probably the closest relationship when you were on the team before. You've seen her grow from a freshman. You've seen her play every year here at Kennesaw State. Talk about her growth, talk about her leadership, and talk about how you two gel on the court together. Uh, put us in a pick and roll, you know? Uh... <laughs> we'll have our we'll have our little field day with that. Um, but Alani has come in, and I mean, I think as, when she came in as a freshman, being named captain, that says a lot right there about somebody. But she has definitely fulfilled her role. I mean, she's the leader to us on the court, off the court, the whole you know student population. You know, <laughs> like she's definitely made some pretty big shoes to fill for whoever comes after her. Alex, something that I can't help but notice, you seem like a different person that we're talking to versus who we see on the court. Where do you, where do you flip that switch between it's game time, it's time to get feisty? <laughs> um, I just, I feel like I know how to channel my emotions. And I know which emotions deserve the basketball court and which emotions deserve real life, you know? What emotions get channeled on the basketball court? Uh, 
anger mostly. <laughs> yeah, just anything that has upset me, anything that I just feel like I can release everything, you know, and just, yeah. Alexis, I hear, uh, I think a furry friend in the background. Can you tell us a little bit about him or her? Yes, I have Luna. She has been right beside me this whole entire time. Um, she's my precious baby. She accidentally had puppies not too long ago. Yeah, my baby's only one. She, yeah, I've had her since she was 12 weeks. She just turned one September 12th. So, yeah. Well, Jordan, I think I'm ready. If you are, we're going to go right into fact or fiction or would you rather, which, what would you rather start with, Alexis? Um, fact or fiction. Okay, fact or fiction. This one has to do with bowl games and football since we're kind of just coming off of that season. So in the 1940s, there were the following football bowl games. The salad bowl, the oil bowl, the ceramic bowl, or... Dang, I can't remember the fourth one. <laughs> Raisin Bowl. The Raisin Bowl. So you have to pick, uh, to be clear, so you have to pick which one you think is fake. So three of them are real. One of them isn't. You just have to pick the one that you think is fake. You said the salad bowl, the oil bowl. The ceramic bowl and the, the raisin bowl. bowl. And the raisin bowl. Correct. Oh, I don't know nothing about none of the bowls, but I just feel like the salad bowl, maybe not. Yeah, that's my answer. The salad bowl, unfortunately, was a bowl game, believe it. Wow. Um, that's crazy. It's insane, really. I don't know who was in charge of marketing back in the day, but they may need to get on salad that. Bowl. The correct answer was ceramic bowl. That was one. Yeah, see, that sounded more realistic. That's what I thought too. That was one I just made up off the top of my head. So wow. it sounded more realistic, therefore had to be made up. And so, yeah. But hey, it, don't feel so bad. I've, I've been doing this game for three weeks and I'm still scoreless. So we're in the same boat here. <laughs> right. Because wow. <laughs> Less pressure on this one, Alexis. A question with no wrong answer. A would you rather? Oh, would no. you rather? not ever have climate control again so anytime you walk into a building there is no air conditioning and there is no heat or would you rather never have internet again i need i i, I definitely need my air and my heat in the same way on the same I can. I can live without the internet. I know my way around a book. <laughs> wow, that's a great quote. I, I know my way around a book. Figure it out without the internet. That's awesome. Well, Alexis, thank you so much for joining us here today on Inside the Nest. Thank you, Mateen. Great questions here today, Alexis. That's a look out there, Jacksonville State. We will see you in the future. We appreciate it. All right.
We know you're concerned for your health, but rest assured, we are here for you. Our hospitals, health parks, and offices are open and taking every safety precaution so you can get the care you need. Wellstar, more than healthcare, people care. Great to hear from Alexis. We're back on Inside the Nest. Nolan Alexander, Mateen Rad, and Jordan Griffith. All right, Mateen, it's on you. What do you have here in the scoreboard round? First, hit us with a would you rather. Would you rather? See, now, I hope I'm familiar with most of the ones that you guys have used before. I hope you guys have not used this one. Because this one is one that I was asked before, and I thought it was a pretty good one. Especially doing what we do. So would you rather... Give up climate control. Any building that you walk in, no air conditioning, no heat. Or would you rather give up the internet? I don't know why I said it like that. The internet. On the line. (laughs) (laughs) Man. The internet is just such a wide, it's just such a broad statement. That's... uh... I would rather give up the internet. Okay. Even though that changes like what we're doing right now, I would rather give up the internet because of all the pitfalls that lie on the internet and all the wasted productivity time, which would make preparing for games much harder, uh, which would change how we do ESPN plus, but we'd figure it out. If, if we got rid of the internet, we'd, we'd figure it out. The climate control thing, I sweat so easily. That would be really bad news. I walk around drenched. I, I don't I think I gotta I gotta have that. But I'm kind of taking the question as the would you rather as I'm the only one that doesn't have internet. So that would be I think a little more difficult because everyone would have to adjust to me, which would make me feel bad which I would just hate to put people out that way. I don't have internet. They're like, hey, look something up for me. No, can't. I need my climate control. I will, I'll have to go with the, I would rather have a lack or none, no no climate control in the buildings. Ah, I guess so. I mean, that that's a, that's a really tough one, but having no internet at all while everyone else has some is going to be a tough life to live, especially with what we're doing. Well, I would go back to what I used to do in the summers of like third, fourth, and fifth grade is I would read front to back the cover of the sports page in the newspaper, and I'd read the transactions, I'd read the box scores, and I'd have to sit there and get all the stats that way, which may not be the worst thing. It'd make life much more difficult in trying to get ready for games. Well, listen, this season I've gone from handwriting. You've seen, you've seen the boards that I started out with from handwriting mm-hmm. every single thing now to on a computer, I will not go back. I can't do it. it it's it's got to be on the computer nowadays. I I need the internet. I just I just got to. I don't love the internet. I don't love the internet. I'm not reliant. I I guess I am reliant on it, but I don't love it. But I need it. It's I a necessary it. evil. Necessary evil. Exactly. Messine. I think it's so difficult for me to say. I think about those winter months where I would be totally fine with it because I'm someone who gets so hot so easily and my house is like a meat locker at any given point. Um, So for that reason, I think I have to say 
I have to say it in it. It kills me to say because I would basically have zero job. <laughs> and that might be difficult to mitigate. But I think I got to go climate control. You'd be feeling good, though. I'd be feeling <laughs> comfortable. Good one, Mateen. We haven't had that one yet on Inside the Nest. I like it. So should I go straight on to fact or fiction? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, hold on. Let's let's we got to remember the scores here because this got away from us in football season. I am scoreless. You guys both have one. I believe that's Mateen, Wait, didn't Mateen get it right last time? Yeah, I think I have two. So you, you have, have two. two. You have yeah. two. I did a question. Jordan got it wrong. So Jordan's zero. I'm one. Mateen's two. OK. Chance to tie Mateen for me or Jordan get on the scoreboard. So a slightly different format. I hope I'm not breaking the rules here. Oh, but. gosh. <laughs> get on freaking the dance first... cam, and now you think you can do whatever you want on the podcast. I'm the star of the show now, baby. All right, so <laughs> here we go. first opportunity, you, you just start changing things. I'm a switch <laughs> it up kind of guy, Jordan. You know, I'm not here. I'm not there. I'm like, I'm water, okay? I'm fluid, all right? So here we go. In the 40s, in the 40s now, this is back in the Hunter McKay times, all right? In the 40s, college bowl games included the following the raisin bowl the salad bowl the ceramic bowl and the oil bowl now which of those four was not a real bowl game so we have raisin salad ceramic and oil ceramic and oil correct okay so I'm going to let you all in on a fun fact. The Dayton Flyers, I think, were the last team to win the Salad Bowl. I know the Salad Bowl's true. I've seen it at Welcome Stadium. That, that, that's true. Jordan, I'll let you in on a, on a secret there. The others, I don't know. I'm going to say the Oil Bowl was a thing because it sounds cool in, like, Texas. They probably had it somewhere in Texas, even though their Cotton Bowl's, you know, been in Dallas for a while. Who the Raisin Bowl, I think, was a thing. The Ceramic Bowl seems a little funky. But it's probably going to be the oil bowl, and I've screwed myself up. Uh, I'm going to say the ceramic bowl was fake. And the rest are all real. That was my first indication, but I think because it kind of stands out a little differently than the other three, that it is real. And I think there's this obsession. I don't know what it is. There's this obsession with bowl games, relations to food. You have the the famous, you know, potato bowl. You have the orange bowl, cotton bowl. Now you have the, obviously the salad bowl is apparently real. Thank you for saying, for telling me that. So I think I'm going to go slightly off. I, I think the team would, would have been sneaky. Go with some food here. I think the raisin bowl is fake. See, the only thing that keeps me from saying the raisin bowl is real is probably was in California. They've had the Rose Bowl. Maybe there's a different bowl out there. And that little raisin design box, I don't know if that's ever changed. I feel like that's been around since the Hunter McKay days. That, that's a good point. The, I think it's, it, it's, for me, it comes down to the raisin and oil bowl. I, I, I'm sticking with raisin. I don't know, uh, I don't know why, but that's just what I'm going with. Not a lot of things have been around since the Hunter McKay days. But, gentlemen, Nolan with ceramic bowl. Jordan with a raisin bowl, correct? Correct. These are both your final answers. Yes, oh, give oh. us the freaking answer, Mateen. 
The correct answer is ceramic bowl, and Nolan gets the point. Man. Yeah, you know what? Nolan, yeah. All of your logic was was lined up perfectly. Okay, was I right in guessing the oil bowl was in Texas and the raisin bowl was probably in California or something like that? Listen, I didn't have that much time to research. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say yeah. I'm going to go pretend I'm educated and say yes. Y'all keep talking. I'm going to Google this very quickly. I can only sum up my performances on this game as a Super Bowl hangover. I win the title in the fall. Wintertime comes around January. I mean, I've, I've gone cold. I'm scoreless. It, this is embarrassing, honestly. This is, this is kind of hard to justify. Um, I'm kind of disappointed in myself more than anything. Well, listen, Jordan, let me tell you about a team that you may be familiar with. Okay. Called the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. <laughs> I've heard of them. They won a Super Bowl, not last season, but they won a Super Bowl recently. And they had a, a, a kind of not so strong start to the season. But hey, yeah. now yeah. they've played one of the best games in NFL history and probably favorites to win it so far. We'll see how it goes. But I mean, th- this game, I got a lot of climbing back to do. You guys are on a roll. Uh, it, it's. It's going to be tough for sure. Okay, so I was right about some things. I was wrong in my fun little fact. Dayton did not win the last salad bowl. They actually lost the salad bowl to Houston on January 1st, 1952. Duh. The last salad bowl was in 1955, New Year's Eve, as the Border All-Stars defeated the Skyline All-Stars 13-10. First ever Salad Bowl, Nevada defeated North Texas State January 1st, 1948. The Oil Bowl was a college football game played at Rice Field in Houston, the 40s. And something here about muddy conditions for the first game on Wikipedia, freezing temperatures for the third game, doom the future. Yep, they didn't have a dome back then. And the Raisin Bowl was played at Ratcliffe Stadium in Fresno, California from 46 to 49. I I was going to chime in there when you're talking about Dayton. I mean, everyone knows that Dayton lost the last salad bowl that they were in. I mean, that's common knowledge. Yeah, they got tossed around. (laughs) Careful now, careful. (laughs) Mateen, that was a good one, and I only like it because I got it right. It's just like NFL overtime rules, right? Everyone's upset about it, but I don't remember back when the Falcons lost the Patriots, everyone clamoring that the NFL overtime rules should have changed then. Everyone's just happy for Tom Brady. Okay. I think Jordan remembers. Soapbox. I definitely think Jordan remembers. Yeah, I do. And you know, I don't remember a lot of people complaining when Tom Brady won it then either. So yeah, I think me and Falcons mm-hmm. fans have a lot to a lot to bond over. Also, trying to convince people in this region of the country that the college overtime is inferior, which it is, is not good. It's not a fight that you're gonna win. People love college football down here. It's just, uh, I mean, the con- the control room yesterday. I mean, I was getting lit up. By everybody saying that I think the NFL overtime is better. I'm never tossing that opinion back around again. I mean, good, good. Jordan, guy. Jordan, we near the end of the podcast, and you bring this up, man. <laughs> hey, this summer, inside the nest hot takes. We'll have a podcast this summer. Everyone just come with your hottest hot take, and we'll go edit. And you got to defend yourself. Wow. Yeah. Hot. My first hot take. Win or lose, we'll leave your bruised is a better slogan and T-shirt than the Owl Raid. I'll take number one. 
Donovan Which McNabb belongs in the NFL Hall of Fame. That's not, that's not that hot of a hot take. I it's, love it's, it's, it's lukewarm. But, you know, that's what I'm here for. Lukewarm takes. I'll, I'll deliver my hot take next week. That's your tease at the end of Inside the Nest. We will see you this Thursday, doubleheader. This Saturday, doubleheader. Thursday against Jacksonville State with a special guest. Saturday, Alumni Weekend, honoring the late, great Tony Engel. His family will be here. It's going to be uh, a momentous day for Kennesaw State women's and men's basketball. KSUOS.com slash tickets. We'll see you at the convo for Jordan Griffith, Mateen Wright. I'm Nolan Alexander. Until next time, hootie hoo. Go Owls. Who do you?